The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to uh, Built Bar for sponsoring the show. Wait, to get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout. I'll be your host this evening, Tim. I'm joined this evening by Mr. D. Cole. That's Mr. Dan Cole. And as well as Dr. D. Dyer for Dr. Dylan Dyer. You gotta one-up me with the doctor. We got to go over like actually a whole ton of stuff tonight. So we're going to be talking about the Salt City GT. We're going to be talking about ACO. We're going to be talking about our Shatterport, Shatterpoint, not Shatterpork uh, giveaway. That will be next month. But our Shatterpoint Core Box giveaway, which you can sign up for right now. The link for that is in the show notes as well as pinned in Twitch chat. So if you are interested in signing up and getting your own Core Box uh, on me, then I would head over there and uh, start signing up for that. You can enter in a bunch of different ways. Some of them are even daily throughout the course of June, where you can use our link to find out more about Shatterpoint on a daily basis. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all sorts of other dope things uh, to uh, get a whole bunch of entries into that. We'll draw a lucky Shatterpointer on July 1st um, after it is done. And then next month, we will be having another giveaway as well for what? Shatterpoint, giving away the Padawan Ahsoka model. Ooh. Um, right? So a whole bunch of things going on. So make sure to head over to Professional Casual Network or professionalcasual.com and sign up. That link is also right there in the show notes. So you can sign up right now a whole bunch of different ways, a whole bunch of different days. We also are going to be talking about Claw. We're also going to be talking about M'Baku, or the new Wakandan affiliation leader. We're going to be talking about Ghost Rider's Cosmic Tactics cards that just came out that are honestly super dope. One of which in there being pretty much Helios Laser Bombardment, but just death instead. And uh, probably a whole lot of other things. One of the other things that we are going to start with right away is Games Played and Hobby Thoughts. Dylan. Did you watch game? Uh, did you watch Dan's game earlier this week or Shatterpoint? Uh, I did not. I actually, I actually haven't had a lot of time to watch Shatterpoint in general. I get the general gist of it. I just don't know all the fine technicalities of it, which I really should watch more battle reports. But there's something about it just always like it never like registers in my brain. Like I am enjoying it, right? But there's like just so much that's lost by not actually having my hands on it. I get that. the good news. We have like at least four out there right now mm-hmm. at this point. With more on the way. Dr. D can only kind of handle me contractually for about an hour a week. Um, and because we just got Fair. back from Iron Weld, I'm sure we're well over that limit. It's so like it's, a bus driver. Just don't record most of it. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's for the love, right? Mm-hmm. It's for the, <laughs> you can't do it for the money because God knows I wouldn't be in here for the money. Right. So, Dan, you and I got to play a Shatterpoint, your first Shatterpoint game. Uh, yeah, I finally got to play it. It took almost a month, but I did it. So, so what'd you think? Who'd you play? How'd you do? 
And uh, was it fun? What did you think of the game as a whole? Did you play John Star Wars? (laughs) Uh, Yes, I played Ahsoka, of course. Um, She's my favorite Star Wars character. Uh, So I was really excited to try her out, and she was great. Uh, She took the 212th with her. Yeah, Cody and the 212th for the support. And then whether I brought Anakin so he could bring uh, his boy Rex and the 501st. Um, and it's really cool. I really enjoyed it. I really like how well uh, the models uh, buff each other up and they uh, there's a lot of synergy. Uh, you can build it with a lot of synergy if you want, where they're triggering all kinds of abilities off of each other. Uh, I loved how much the models moved around the table, um, even with fewer activations than you would get uh, compared to MCP in a game. They it still felt like I was doing a bunch with all the characters, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, the scoring aspect is is nice and relatively simple. Um, I really like the struggle tracker uh, with the building of the momentum as it gets closer and closer. And it's like, I just need to do this this round. And if right. this works out, I'll be good to go. Or, you know, I, I love the one thing I really appreciated about AMG's rules um, writing is their like um, clap back uh, catch up mechanics. Yeah. Uh, between um, Shatterpoint and MCP, I both I think they do it really well and very differently in both games. Where when the struggle cube, the tracker is not on your side, and you add momentum, so it's always it's unless the game really gets out of your hand somehow, it's never going to be that far away for somebody. Like you're never going to be in an impossible spot, right? Um, I, so I played a teaching game today with a local um, Vax. And oh, nice. uh, that it was a very deadly game. I had a um, that oh, tricks. who was it? Yeah, my Anakin uh, went up and just obliterated a Darth Maul, who then obliterated him back in response with just a five die attack. What? Yeah, I rolled and, and, and follow me on this one. Five failures. <laughs> on defense on defense and so he just and he rolled all successes with a couple uh, expertise for some you. bonus stuff and i was just like okay okay very okay good 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 job you did it i don't like this <laughs> it was a great moment for them though oh is absolutely. the game is the game still favoring like offense like mcp with the dice results no i don't think well yes yes it does favor as far as getting uh results uh, and there's normally more on the attacks as well than on the defense so more successes and more ability to kind of get around things so crits and shatter point just automatically give you a spot on the, the tracker so Combat attacks tree. and blocks are are actually pretty evenly matched there uh, one thing i really like oh. it doesn't doesn't favor just dealing damage like combat trees have so much going on with pushing your opponent or moving yourself or getting uh statuses like it's really good there's a bug down here it's driving me crazy go away uh but i really like how there, there's so many levels to that where it's not just trying to hurt the opponent there's a whole bunch going on well and the uh you rarely whiff which is nice. So while you may yes. not be doing an absolute ton of damage on your attack, you're 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 probably pushing, pinning, moving, exposing, disarming, doing something that's going to help you uh, along the way to whatever your particular objectives might be. Um, but I'm very excited. If you are in the upstate New York area, um, I'll be running some demos at Bearded Dragon Games this weekend, starting at noon. So if you are interested in, in playing some Shatterpoint, I will be there running those. Uh, for people for a good portion of the day. In addition, before I forget, uh, massive shout out to Frontline Gaming, who is sponsoring the network. 
um, if you are looking for mats, minis, um, or terrain, uh, Frontline is a great place to pick that up. Always heavily discounted as well. You can use our link that's in the show notes and in uh, chat to go ahead and support the network by uh, picking up the stuff you're probably going to pick up anyway. In addition to that, if you are heading to ACO, the Bay Area Open, which will be next year now that it's over, uh, Lone Star, LVO, tickets for LVO are going to be going on sale June 9th. June 9th. It would mean the world to me if you all used our link uh, in the show notes to buy your LVO tickets. But yeah, moving, moving on, what did y'all hobby this week? I hobbied some and a little little infinity boy and I also finished I don't know it's I we haven't actually had a show in like what feels like a very long time I finished Hulk oh, I think yeah, I finished yeah. I, I think I've finished Hulk since then I finished Squirrel Girl not too too long ago uh what a, you know what what a great simple model Squirrel Girl? Like, it's a, it's a good yeah I think it's a good way to describe it it's not Oh, it, yeah, it's a good model. I like that their efficiency um, has really improved over time as far as making uh, assembly uh, significantly less tasking. It's less tedious. Yeah. It's, less tedious. it's not over-designed like a lot of miniatures are these days where there's all these little gubbins and stuff on it that aren't really necessary. And the companies are like, oh, they're so detailed. And I'm like, yeah, you just put a thousand pouches and things on it that, that aren't necessary. You're, you're acting like that isn't just one company. <laughs> well, kind of, yeah. Well, I wasn't going to call them out directly. Why not? It's some imagination to the listeners. Um, but, like, I feel like it, it's a well-done sculpt. And especially, like, her, I don't know, her face is better than a lot of other um, models out yeah. there. I'm like. usually, like, I, I think the studio paint jobs are usually really good. I think their Squirrel Girl was really good. But for some reason, the face, she looked like she had, like, hypothyroidism like she had this like chunky face which is kind of strange that's part of the powers that allow her to bite through steel though oh all those cheek muscles you know low low levels of t3 okay that's that's a good that's wow that's thinking man amg's on the next level right she's got cheek pouches Ah! no but seriously when you paint it yourself the face doesn't look quite that chunky okay as a couple um Things from chat as well, as far as hobby stuff. So it looks like Alyssa finished her Kansas City Chiefs for, for Blood Bowl. That's um, a great name. And yeah, it really is. And X Paxis has been working on the core set, said that that was a little bit more of a chore. And I think that's actually one thing that really shows how AMG has developed over time and their kits. Um, that some of those first models were there, there was a lot to do, right? Dallas actually mm-hmm. has some really good painting streams uh that are up on the uh amg youtube about assembling like um uh the initial wave of wakanda very specifically um a shuri was a nightmare yeah oh they're awful um and shows you how to do that in a little bit uh more detail um but those seem to be significantly less and less needed as time has gone on and i think we'll see that almost out of the gate with shatterpoint well like the b1 droids were a little difficult to get on a base because it was three models on one base with a bunch of really tiny parts. Um, there's only so much you can do about that particular type of setup. That's I would say nature. I would say Venom onwards. I haven't noticed a single model where I thought it was like a, a bad build. Yeah. And uh, Hulk wasn't that bad. Either. Venom's pretty early too. Yeah. Yeah. It's real, real early. Like Hulk wasn't that bad. 
I mean, pretty much as soon as, as soon, I, I would actually meant, go to say that every, the Wakanda stuff was probably the and the last. Yeah, it was probably the last of the bad stuff. Boye was the most difficult uh, MCP model for me by far to get the spear to line up. Yeah. I didn't have any issues with Shuri personally. I think got lucky, I guess. Um, but we were talking the B1s um, are difficult. I think it mostly but by the nature of the, the design of the character, mm-hmm. because of how they're put together with such small connection points with like the shoulders, because they were the worst model, the, the most difficult model for me to build when I built a bunch for Legion a couple years ago. The Shatterpoint ones are way better. And yeah. there's only six. You only have to build six, not dozens. <laughs> I will say, as far as compactness, like in looking at building a squad in Shatterpoint as compared to building an affiliation in MCP, the barrier of entry, I feel, is significantly lower in Shatterpoint because yes. you just buy that box and that's a full squad. You need two of those, you're good to go. Like, as far as needing all the tokens and things like that, that I think will be kind of the only impactful part, but being able to pick up the range rulers and the dice and then just two expansions. Like if you wanted to pick up Obi-Wan and, and uh, Dooku and some dice and range rule, you can. And that's yeah. been a significantly simpler path to being ready for that game versus kind of what it's been in the past with MCP, where there's a lot of videos out there about like, all right, well now with these affiliation packs and these two boxes and part of the core set and split it like this, it's it's actually really streamlined and I like it quite a lot. I would say that it's indicative to MCP that there's an entire tournament format Mm -hmm. that relies on the core box being in your possession. Mm. Correct. I don't think that's going to be the case with Shatterpoint for the show. Now, obviously, the game isn't even out yet, from what I remember. It Uh, comes out tomorrow. Oh, it does. Okay, so we're on the eve of uh, some Shatterpoint. So the people that listen to this as a podcast, welcome to the future. So (laughs) when you like i'm not sure if they've gone into this at all but when you want to go to like let's say an event right or a tournament or whatever shatterpoint have they actually talked about the quote-unquote like roster building they just did yes i'm looking at it right now like, into the future. like just what today a or in the podcast version yesteryear um, by the way and we don't care about your hobbying go to the next thing tim <laughs> well this is actually really interesting i like this a lot and um this huge like shout out to uh, brian oh girl uh brian <laughs> watson who sent me a message uh talking about uh my thoughts on it and it's really nifty so effectively the tournament format is going to be two hour rounds after 90 minutes they call mission critical and after, and Dylan, I know you won't have a huge frame of reference for this, but after each player's turn, you gain a momentum before scoring. So yes. that is going yeah. to heavily speed up that second or potentially third mission. Momentum um, is the little cube that like makes it so that you score sooner, right? Yes, it's the black cubes that fill in the tracker along the way uh, that you get for wounding enemies or ending uh, your victory point scoring with the struggle tr- uh, cube either in the center or on your opponent's side. Um, mission critical it's time to sweat what a great mechanic it really is i like that a lot um and in game and in play too and you'll notice this right away the first time you play that it is very like oh i'm so close i'm so close oh it's just out of reach again and it just builds that Mm -hmm. tension as both sides uh you know get their get their struggles um and then there's going to be kind of two modes a regular and an advanced version so as far as tournament play or event play so the, the regular is you bring two squads, one mission, 
and, and you, you send her out. And then there's an advanced one where you bring four squads, you can't repeat any units, and during the event, you have to use each squad at least once. I think that's going to become the standard. People love having a sideboard. I, that sounds awesome, bringing four strike, four separate squads. I completely agree. And the advanced four and the advanced uh, uh, rule set as well. Core box, you're there. You have four squads. You have two strike teams. And they both work very well together in a multitude of ways. Um, I think that's great. But Very exciting. So, so happy Shatterpoint Eve. Uh, I hope everyone is heading out to stores this weekend to get their demos or to pick up their pre-orders. Um, I believe Bearded Dragon Games still has a few left. And uh, one thing that I do really like is they made a statement today talking about how they are supporting local game stores first to make sure that they get the product because that's what's going to put it into people's hands. And that right. might help with some of the things that we've noticed with other minis games, right? As far as like scalping or doing a bunch of pre-orders and then selling it on eBay. If it's in local game store hands versus online store hands first, not exclusively, but just first, I think that goes a long way to making sure that people are actually going to have access to this at their store and the store is going to have access to it as well. Um, so really, really kind of happy with those decisions. But let's get into the MCP goodness of the week, which is a lot, like an absolute ton. I feel like we've been in a bit of a drought and then all we've got like a, it's a flood overwhelming. Right. Almost. It's great. I love it. So let's start out with Mr. Ulysses Claw. So this is a dude. Oh, that's the one I forgot to bring up. Thanks. Ah, nuts. So <laughs> we know that he is going to be in a criminal syndicate affiliation leader. He has the new black market entrepreneur. Uh, your boy loves an entrepreneur. Um, so we're we're in great spot there. We also found out Mbaku is also going to be a leader. This box is absolutely going to be popping off. So if you haven't get that pre-ordered, I would highly suggest it. Real. Um, but to just kind of go through his base stats first, couple surprises here, at least for me. Uh, 353 is not a surprise uh, as far as defenses, but seven stamina and five threat certainly was. This is five threat. This is 2023. This is year of the fours. I don't know what they think they're pulling with this, but it is unacceptable. Unacceptable. We need more fours, and thankfully the rest of this box is for threat. But <laughs> size two and medium mover seems to track pretty heavily. His, his body is literally sound, right? Inside his little robot face. So like the high energy defense super tracks here. Yes, which is nice. I think, I think this is our first natural five energy defense. I think you're right. He now has the highest energy defense in the game, just on the card. So his builder is called Sonic Blast, range three, strength six. Uh, it gains power equal to the damage dealt, has suppressive on a wild, which a lot of people might say, Tim, that's good concussive. And yes, you are correct. That is exactly what it is, because before damage is dealt, for each wild in the attack roll, the target character loses one power. Now, while not necessarily exclusively better, uh, because the cool thing about concussive is that it's after damage is dealt. So if you only do one, they, they gain none. You know what I'm saying? So do one, they gain none. And then we have as his spender, Sonic Shockwave, Beam 5, Strength 7, 5 power Ooh. to pull off. Little pricey. Yeah. Little pricey. But it has Pierce on a wild. And after the range tool is placed for this attack, destroy all size two or smaller interactive terrain features, it overlaps. 
Now I know exactly what Dylan is going to say. Finally, brotherhood gets a buff that it needs. And I know that he's just happy to be here, but I would like Couldn't to say it better myself. Look at him. Couldn't so, say it better myself. The thing that really doesn't bring this character together though, is his affiliation ability. And this is what I would like to talk about a little bit. So black market entrepreneur, another crime syndicate leader. I'm a huge crime syndicate player. Love my, my dudes and suits. Um, yes. And same. The ability seems a little lackluster, though, especially at first glance. So when an allied character is dazed or KO'd after the effect is resolved, Claw may advance short. Not anyone, just Claw. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Is this underwhelming or is this underwhelming intentionally? It, and to me, it looks like uh, text on a piece of paper. You know, leave it at that. Got, got it in one. Got Got it. One. So the only the only thing I'm going to say about this, because I have nothing positive to say about this entire character card, is that thing. I yeah, I won't even get into it. Uh, if you want to keep this PG, so they specifically don't state what the KO or days is from. So you could actually knock out your own characters with like AOEs and beams, and it will still go off. It's worth weird, it. Weird that you mentioned that because he certainly has access to a lot of beams and area of effects. Yeah, he sure does. Um, so narratively, I actually really like this. Mechanically, I honestly, I, it's there. Versatile strategy is very big for Criminal Syndicate, especially right now. Being able to switch from Kingpin to Modoc Scientist Supreme or Claw is certainly something that you could do to, to have this be a little bit more useful. Claw can't steal things, Keebler, but he can get away a distraction comes in one of his own goes down and he uses that opportunity to put himself in a better position and that's why i think black market entrepreneur is really fitting for claw because he's all about himself he'll work with others but as long as he secures the bag at the end of the day and i think that affiliation ability really makes that translate i think they explain a good reasoning behind it in the transmission uh, about his card in that they said it might make people think twice about like arbitrarily dazing characters of yours or KOing them like just to get rid of them whatever like especially if they've already gone kind of thing but it's like well Claw will get a move especially if you could get him onto a point to take it or contest it or whatever it might be um it's an interesting way to look at it I really like the narrative aspect as well that it, he's he's in the criminal syndicate he's a leader but he's he's out there for himself Claw doesn't care about helping the rest of the criminal syndicate they're probably just you know ablative uh wounds for him like here you go to jail and i'll get away with the loot well, well I, I mean modok literally does that modok is literally the person that uses other models as a blade of wound it's <laughs> <is> very true <laughs> so i think as a leadership it's it yeah i'm a bit underwhelmed when i first read it i was like well where's the rest of it uh but it'll have its uses and I think he's a pretty, I think the rest of the, between his attacks and superpowers, he's pretty good already. Yeah. Um, so the super, uh, a better leadership may, they maybe that I'm assuming the design philosophy is that would have taken him over the top push five to a six territory and they clearly didn't want that. Um, so for superpowers, he has reconstitute form as well, where this character can remove up to two damage for itself for only two power, can only be used once oh. a turn. Um, Real good. And sound wave barrier, when an enemy character ends its activation within range three of this character may use the superpower, this character may push the enemy character away short. And this is where I feel like his affiliation ability is a lot better. 
do you daze that that two threat character to get him off a point to let Claw set up on your own turn, moving within range to then push you off the objective that you were just trying to secure? Um, that is where I do think that there is actually a, a pretty solid amount of uh, wombo-y combo-iness that is going to trick your opponent, especially for someone that pilots this character on a somewhat regular basis. Um, Criminal Syndicate is already an affiliation that's heavily about, I need my guys where I need them, and I'm going to do a bunch of displacement, throws, hurls, pushes, or just having my guys count as two. And versatile strategy, I think, really, once again, just kind of makes this character pop a little bit more. Um, especially with some other Criminal Syndicate players, like uh, Mysterio, for instance, being able to have someone end their movement, I, you then push them away short, into a tricks and trap into yeah. a this into a that maybe with a spider foe in there as well with green goblin um i i dig it and i think that there's a lot of like constant board pressure because of that uh, the three power seems a little expensive at first but we all know how big of a difference a short push can be especially on a character that's already activated like you said pushing them off the point um but i i like that one a lot um, X Paxos in chat asks, if you find yourself with him against you, is there a strategy to counter or neuter him? And probably. And it's uh, just murdering him. I think yeah, stun will help effect. there. Physical or mystical, he's he's not oh. the toughest that way. He he also gets extra stuff with physical. So oh, true. Yeah. Any extra stuff, which is coming. Fair. Yeah. His mystic defense is definitely the worst. I think stunning him because he's a little power hungry um, for those superpowers. And if you really don't want him the sonic shockwave you uh, to help keep get less power that way. A sleeper agent seems also very good against him as well because he's very reactionary on stuff. So not being able to trigger those powers, especially sound wave barrier on your turn, mm -hmm. uh, especially a mystique, right? Um, or just with even without sleeper agent, just needing to get on a point and not having to worry about being pushed off of it. But yeah, I do think he is pretty power starved, both both for his durability and um, for his his certainly his spender and sound wave barrier. Now, the last point, which kind of helps him with his power generation, mm -hmm. is absorbing vibrations when this character is targeted by an enemy physical or energy attack or makes a dodge roll, which I think is like the huge part there, because initially my thought is I'm just going to throw things at him. He's one of those characters that <laughs> you can just chug garbage cans at until they're gone. Um, but after they make uh after being targeted, not if damage is dealt, not if they block at all, just once they're targeted, after the effect is resolved, they gain a power. Additionally, like they can't be pushed or advanced by effects of energy attacks or enemy superpowers. So his sound wave barrier wouldn't work on another claw. <laughs> Something like that. I do like that he gains power right away. Um and it triggers when he's targeted, so you could potentially then like do a bodyguard to take the attack off of him, and he would still would have gotten that power because mm -hmm. he was initially targeted, which is pretty cool. Well, and not only that, but it's not it doesn't have one of those effects like ornery or things something like that where he has to not be dazed after the attack is resolved. He will still get that power even mm -hmm. if it takes him down. Uh, I think one of the big things here are the immunities, which are bleed, incinerate, poison, and shock, which seems like a yeah. lot. A lot. I mean, uh, no incinerate. <laughs> right. And that you would can't be, put sound on fire. That would certainly be one of the ways to um, to do it, too. Right. Is uh, when someone when someone's pretty 
has a lot of stamina, I'd just put incinerate on him and call it a day. Uh, Hex seems like it'd be a solid one against him. We've been seeing that a lot more, um, and I think that does a great job. Uh, judgment would be really bad on him as well because he's got seven stamina. He's probably going to be standing a bit longer with that, with his reconstitute form. I feel like that's where the bulk of his power is going to be going to spend to just stay. He could stay up for quite a while with that, probably. I, so I, mean, com- I completely agree. Uh, Scarlet Witch being very good against him specifically, uh, being able yeah. to get that judgment on him, some of the status effects like Hex that can, in fact, go on him uh, to kind of just shut him off a little bit. Uh, on his injured side, nothing changes. Uh, no stamina drop, so he's 7-7. Seven, seven. Um, and no other additional changes to his card or absorbing vibrations or anything like that. He just kind of he's just kind of a tanky boy that's pretty movable. No throws, a resistance to some pushes, and we'll see that with the other character in this box as well. But overall, yeah, pretty immunities. Pretty solid dude. Pretty solid. Yeah. Dude. He, now, do I you, think I think he gets a lot of interesting uh, thought just because Guardians is such a big thing right now. Hmm. Which is probably it's not going to get any better as it was illustrated earlier today, which I'm sure will come up at some point. But there, uh, you figure most of the guardian models that get taken all have very good energy attacks. Yeah, so I could see him have some play in the guardians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I completely agree. Well, and I, I think the power thing is really kind of the big obvious point, right? Like uh, the reconstitute form being similar to Groot's, where you do two damage to him, he's gaining extra power. His throughput is actually significantly higher than Groot's where he's paying two to heal two, but when he's taking physical or energy attacks or dodges, he's gaining whatever damage he took, plus more power. Plus so one. Being, being able to, to mitigate that, I think is going to be the big uphill stroke there. And Dylan, just mm. for clarification too, um, not a huge fan of this particular character card. Is it because you think he's too strong for what he is, or because the lackluster um, criminal syndicate affiliation just kind of doesn't really give him a spot? Because he's another leader. For a, for a affiliation that has three leaders. Listen, anyone can be a crime boss. Um, that's fine. Even a boat. Even a boat. I, I can see where there's um, oh, I'm not sure what the word for it. A little bit of a disappointment when an affiliation that has a lot of representation already is getting more when others could could really use it and need some help there. I think in a vacuum. He's cool. I love the model for him. He looks amazing. I can't wait to paint that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I could totally see uh, kind of like, yeah, he's cool, but. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't I don't necessarily disagree either. Um, Keebler says just hit him with optic devastation. He loses a power if you roll a wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not it, wrong. It's interesting that. It's a five. I do agree that it's interesting that it's a five, right? Just because it is this. Well, I, people we call year of the four. A real, a real long throwback is back to Cable, where he's a five because he's immune to poison. That's true, so, I, and yet you know what? The it tracks. Absolutely. All right. So he's the got other so many immunities, I kind of miss the immune to poison. Yeah, he's push six for sure. Yeah, that's fair. Oh, well, it'd be a I push take five. Back, so five push is something that's close to a six. A push six would be close to a seven. My roster is actually just going to be claw. I like with, that. Yes, claw. With generic cards. That's my entire roster. You get a bunch of the Toy Story aliens on his base, too, just looking up at him saying, the claw. 
Uh, if um, anybody's got little tiny little green men, send them to to PO Box G, Westonia, New York one three eight six one, and we'll a, put them on all our clause bases. That is, and that's a hugely great point. <laughs> all right. So the other part of this box is Mbaku. Now, Dylan, just what was your initial impression, positive or negative, of this gut reaction before we get into it? So I know how much I should talk to you or not. <laughs> so I think Claw. I think Claw is probably one of the most well balanced characters they've released in a very long time. Mbaku or Claw? Mbaku, sorry. Claw Claw can lick my butt. Um, All right, clip it. Clip the part where Dylan said that Claw is... <laughs> can lick my butt. Um, I think Mbaku is, is actually really interesting. I think he's very well-balanced. I think he's a very good four. But I think AMG has obviously honed in on what makes a good four these days, so I don't think they could... I mean, they know what it takes at this point. Yeah. But I think he's really, really good. Uh, we'll get to it, obviously, but I think his throw is... Fair. Okay. It's a fair throw. All right. So uh let's get into the base stats here. So he's four two four. And I think this might lean into a little bit of what you were saying earlier, Dylan. Um, as far as AMG making a four, this is a solid four. Clear strengths, clear weakness. Um and, and that's that's what I particularly really enjoy. But four two four for defenses, seven health on his healthy side, six. On his injured four threat size three, he's a big gorilla boy and a medium mover. Dan, I went over all of Claw's attacks. Why don't you guys talk about um, the words that I will never have probably be able to say correctly? I was just gonna say you're passing this off just because you don't want to have to try to say knob carry. Yes, yep. I don't know if that's how you actually pronounce it, but that's what it looks like to me. Um, his builder. Pretty sweet range three because he's got a big long stick he's hitting you with. Mm -hmm. uh, strength five. Uh, after the attacker's result, he gains power equal damage dealt. With a wild, he gets pursuit, which is sweet. Always love more movement. Uh, before damage is dealt, this character may advance toward the target character short. So just in case he's KOing somebody with this, he still gets to move to them before they're gone. Uh, and then separately on a crit, he gets a push. But again, before damage is dealt, so you can push him before they daze your KO. This character may push the target away short. And if you get both the triggers, because you're the attacker, you get to choose the order they go in. Um, so you could push them, then pursuit. Like maybe if they were too close in your way or something, mm -hmm. uh, you can kind of make room. Love I, this one. I really like this a lot. Great builder. Um, yeah. Uh, strength six would have been too much. I think this is in a really good sweet spot. It's not multiple wild triggers. You do need the crit. Um, and I really like that both of them are before damage is dealt. Uh, so like you said, you can kind of choose that order. Um, Dr. Dizzles, what about a spender? Wrath of Jabbery, I think is how you say it. Oh, my so goodness. this is defenestrate all over again. But this time I'm on the show, so I don't have to yell at the screen. Jabari, have you ever seen the movie? No. Right, he watched so it with subtitles. He's never heard the word said out loud. <laughs> yeah, I've actually never watched a movie with sound. And you know what? Now that you say that, I feel uh, confronted. That makes a lot of sense why you hate Claw. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. All right. So uh, Wrath of Jabroni, uh, before damage is dealt, <laughs> if the target character is sized four or less, this character may throw it medium, which is really good. It's oh, I should say it is range two, eight dice and four power. And the trigger is a wild and a hit. You get avalanche. So after this attack is resolved, this character may advance small and it may make another knob Kiri attack targeting a different enemy character, which is 
cool because you get to do the advance first. So you could even go in the uh, opposite direction, I think. This character may... Yeah, you can yeah. go in the opposite yeah. direction and just run off and bonk somebody else in the head with a stick. It's, it's, it's very much the, hey, Papa Pal Mitch, like as a spender, because uh, you're just going to be bonking people. I adore it. I, I love the spender. I think it's dope as heck. Uh, the fact that you are throwing size four characters medium with yeah. no trigger, not if yep. damage is dealt, that it's before damage is dealt as well. Uh, Juggernaut's going to be flying around. <laughs> Malekith's going to be flying around. Not a simple prime, though. Try it. You can't. You can't do it. He's That's why he hurt your wrist. You can even leave a Sentinel Prime on top of your car, have it fall off your car after a child's birthday party, have it spill across a state highway, fall into several pieces, and be able to put it back together because you didn't use plastic glue, so just the glue fell apart. Based, untarnished. Body, untarnished. Head and shoulder section that popped right off, also untarnished. The little extra spider bot with a sentinel face that was also on the base fell off cleanly and was ready to be reassembled. By the way, make sure to check out... Like, it's gone forever. Check out Professional Casual, uh, facebook.com slash professional casual to see pictures of the Sentinel Prime, which I forgot on my roof when I was putting my kids in the car on Monday and fell off and spilled across the highway while I was darting around dodging cars to get all of those little pieces. It's pretty dope. And also, guess what? At least I didn't smash it in my cup holder with a, yeah. with a bottle. But... So back to this, though, I love this. He's super maneuverable already, right? He has all sorts of movement. This seems like a Weapon X character almost. It seems like new new Logan uh, just being all over the place all the time. And I love that medium throw on a size four character. It's just dope as heck. And going and hitting somebody else, not the excuse me, our original target with the spender is also just rad. He's going to be moving. He's oh, what an incredibly disruptive piece. I like it a lot. Let's go. It's got what spenders crave, right? It costs four power. Electrolytes. Oh, God. <laughs> hey. uh, it's not cheap. It's four power. Um, and I don't think he's going to have too much problem getting that. But you're not going to be doing it every round, of course. Mm -hmm. But it has good damage dice. Eight dice is great. And then he's got an automatic throw. Awesome. This is already a great power. And then the avalanche to get just his action economy is great uh, i mean i think i love that this is like anti-hulk that for four power which is one more than most people's throws for the most part not his not kingpins but most people's throws are probably three uh mm -hmm. that for one more power you're getting an eight dice attack you're hurling a hulk off of a point hopefully into his own allies and then you're following yeah. up and hitting that bullseye again anyway just for good measure he deserved it uh, I, I love it. I think it's 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 really good. And as Dylan, you said earlier with Guardians, he has a very clear weakness to energy attacks. Very clear mm. weakness. Um, yep. And no. Aggressive. So you can just blaster line him and uh, just hope to churn through his stuff because he doesn't have many defensible capabilities outside of preventing movement, collisions and, and the like. It's he's got the X-23 problem where unless he's attacking he's really not that fast but as long as he's attacking mm -hmm. and getting the triggers and blah 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 he's actually like surprisingly mobile i'm not sure if they've actually shown it or not if he's on a, i'm assuming he's on a medium base because he's so big i was it I'm looks pretty small certain. it does look small okay. okay i think they're both on a small base they're small all right so his affiliation ability and this is the this is something i was so incredibly happy to see on him 
Uh, we've needed a new Wakanda affiliated leader for a long time. I still have very high hopes that the Rivals panel Killmonger will also be a leader. I would really like that to be the case. I don't think it has less yeah, of a chance out. with this, but it's certainly, as long as we're getting one of them, I'm, I'm super dope with it, super happy with it. Mm. Um, so this is blessed by Gekri. Decree. Gekri. Say it with confidence and people will believe you. Blessed by George, affiliation Wakanda, once per turn when an allied character is contesting an objective token and would be pushed or placed by an enemy effect, roll a die. If the result is a crit, wild, or a block, the character is not pushed or placed. Uh, so we've certainly seen this before with Winterguard, uh, and I'm really happy it's actually going to get a time to shine and be used uh, without having to play Winterguard. Additionally, once per turn, when an allied character makes an attack, if there are one or more wild results in his attack roll, it may change one die to a hit. I love this part of it. It's part of Modok's um, ability, um, where he can do it on defensive rolls too. But I really like that. I love rerolls. I love uh, being able to offset bad luck and having a defensive position here and uh, a little bit of an aggression as well. I think it fits the, the gorilla uh, motif pretty heavily. He gets on his point. He throws everyone else off of it. And if you try to take him off, you got to try real hard to do so because that's just a 50% chance to have it not work. I like it a lot. What do y'all think? Yeah. I think it. It's great. I was um, when I first read the card, it was like, oh, he's got half of Winter Guards and more. Sweet. Oh, he's got half of Modox. That okay. I like that a lot. Those two. Um, I like how he's got both defensive and offensive, but neither are crazy overwhelming. Right. I, and I think we could see more things like this, where they kind of split up some other affiliation powers and give attributes of both to to new affiliation leaders, like seeing maybe an Electra criminal syndicate or leader at some point that gives like storms cover as far as like everyone's stealthy now or something along those lines would be really cool. And then mix it with idea. cabals where once per turn, if they uh, do damage, they get a power, which would help a lot of criminal syndicate as well. But moving on to the strength of the white gorilla, two power throw for only terrain size three or less within range two. And once again, hurling at medium. Would significantly further than small. Everyone says. I, I think we might even be able to lock that in as like a fact. But Dylan, what are your thoughts on this throw? Because I know you have thoughts. It's not a character throw that costs two. Now, if there was a character out there that could toss an enemy like model for two, man, that sure would. You know what? I bet I'd see that model in like 70% of lists at every single place that I go to. Could you imagine? You see that much Kingpin? <clears throat> Hulk. Oh, Hulk. I forget about yeah. him sometimes. Yeah, no. Sometimes I forget he's in the game. Well, and then I blink. He's a sleeper agent, so you don't see him coming for the most oh, part. You're that's... like, oh, it really was a Hulk in there the whole time. Ah, that's how they get the you. The whole time. Um, oh, man. But yeah, the fact that it's terrain only and it's and that you know helps its cost reduction, but it's throw medium and size three or less, I think is awesome. Makes him an absolute threat uh, on the field. And honestly, based on terrain and stuff, I think we see like with Rogue, right? It's it's great efficiency to being able to effectively get another attack off and especially some of the bigger terrain too. Hurling skid steers is always fun. Um, mm. But yeah, and a very unique innate as well to follow up on that, the Chieftain of the Jabari. This character cannot be pushed or advanced by special effects of 
physical or energy attacks from characters of size three or less. I love the caveat at the end of that, <laughs> that Shuri cannot push this man. And if something can, he's going to roll, big. he's going to roll the die and he might not move anyway. This is a very difficult person to displace. You got to be bigger than him to move him. Now, Juggernaut is size three or four? Four. Juggernaut is four. Four. And Hulk yeah. is three or four? Hulk is four. also four. He Hulk is three. Gotcha. So, I mean, these, those guys can definitely hurl him because nothing is stopping the hurl here. Uh, but I, I, think it's, I think it's really good. Last thing he has is solid frame. Listen, he's built to take it. This character does not suffer damage from collisions with other characters. This is probably the coolest part of his kit. Immunity to stun. He's a big dude that's going to stand there and kind of doesn't care what you want to do about it. Um, yeah. I think it rounds him out in a great way. Overall thoughts on M'Baku? I can't wait to play Wakanda again. Like, he looks so cool. He's got so I think going on. I think it's cool that his shtick is not being moved, which I think is a rules development area that AMG really hasn't explored too much. I know that Winter Guard has a little bit of it. And actually, it's funny because the last event I went to, almost 90% of the people that were there were playing Winter Guard. I'm just kidding. There was literally none. I haven't ever seen Winter Guard in the wild once. And so it's interesting to see that rule space finally get like explored a little bit more. Yeah, so that's fun. I really like him. Um, and, you know, kind of to, to double down on something Keebler said earlier, this box hates Cyclops, right? So that optic devastation oh. against a um, a two defense uh, energy is really good, right? And then he's going to get concussed at the end of it as well and oh, man. lose a power. Wild. I mean, I should. It should be said. New Wakanda leader. That's awesome. We yes. need to see more of that. Yep. Yes. Leaders who aren't in affiliations with 15 leaders. I mean, let's well, see it. We can, we can go. settle down on the criminal syndicate. Hey, it's only been two in the last couple months, and that is a lot in a short amount of time. But they only had two for a while. Two before. Uh -huh. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yep. Wow. That sounds miserable. <laughs> we know X-Men is going to be getting a third. Is there what affiliation do you really feel needs one now? Uh, defenders, who are these? The defenders mm -hmm. are in this game. Yeah, they're no, they're not. Gotcha. Until they get a new leader, they are not actually. <laughs> uh, who else needs one? Um, Midnight Suns probably need a new one because Blade is awesome. I like Blade. No, that's the thing. I think Blade is interesting. Blade is cool. Just, he is cool. It's just for some reason every time I try and use him, I always feel like he's just like just a little behind where he should be. I don't know. I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe it. Like his leadership's baller, right? It's great. Mm -hmm. But Blade himself, it's like, I don't know. There's just like something missing. He's not bad. You just kind of wish he had something else. Well, and he's one of those characters that I've fallen into the trap to just based on his kit. I regularly misdo the math in my head and assume he's a three and end up showing sure. up one thread over. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's honestly his vibe is, is a three. He's um, a great three. He'd be a great three. <laughs> but just like Daredevil. Just like Daredevil. Daredevil's the best three. three in the game. Uh, so before we find out how happy Dr. D is to be here, let's move over to the uh the Tactus cards for the Xbox. Um, there's one I really want to go over, which is the Dabari Chieftain. Um, do you guys want to take the Spirit of Wakanda and the Supersonic Annihilator? 
talk I about the Super Sanic Annihilator. Go for it. The card. Do your thing. It's super and loud and annihilates things. Uh, so this is an unaffiliated card. It's active during Claw's activation. He may spend five power to play this card, and then he can use the attack shown above once this activation. So like his spender, not cheap. But Supersonic Shred is the attack. It's an A5 range. A5. This is the first A5 we've seen. Even Sinister, I think, can only get up to A3 if he uses all of his um, genetic tokens. I believe so, yeah. But it, yeah, A5 is just it's going to affect so much of the board. Mm -hmm. Obviously, potentially hurting your own characters a little bit, but Claude That's isn't mind as bad as others because he might get a free little move out of it. Right. <laughs> you never know. You could set it up to do that on purpose, maybe save uh, an action. Uh, it is six strength. Uh, which for five power seems a little bit low, but when you're potentially hitting a bunch of characters, it doesn't feel bad at all to me. And it has a rule after each attack is resolved. If the attack dealt damage, the target character gains this stun special condition. This so, is like a but, worse version of Magneto Spender. In that it's cheaper, it's has the same amount of attack dice, is a better um, damage type. It costs less to pull off and it just applies the, the stun going to be putting a little bit of damage and stun all over the place and the thing i really like about this particular card is it's going to wombo combo incredibly well with jabari chieftain and this is a wakandan active where during another allied wakandan character's activation assuming that claw is going to be part of wakanda mbaku may spend four to play this card mbaku advances towards the active allied character which in the long run probably won't be great for him as uh he adds two attack dice to its attack rolls for this activation this is not just on a single attack. We might see that creep in again of the things that used to love. Um, oh, the, it's an Asgard affiliated only card now. We don't see it often outside of Asgard. Added attack dice equal to your defense. Doomed Prophecy. Doomed Prophecy. Where characters with rapid fire, it's going to affect every attack in that particular route. Characters with beams like Claw or like A5 with Supersonic Annihilator. Uh, Cable is Ascani Sun. Probably what everyone says one of the best abilities in the game outside we'll of magneto off. spender being able to also get two additional uh dice on each one of the attacks um uh, granted you can't all webbed up and jabari chieftain but uh bullseye or not bullseye daredevil's spender being able to get more dice for each person there now it's an extra two on all of those bullseye yeah. spender getting uh, seven dice on two attacks anyone with follow-up attacks it's going to be dope. I like this a lot. He gets another medium movement, making him even more uh, what some people might define as maneuverable and uh, adds all sorts of dice to all sorts of attacks. I love I would love to use this with a whole bunch of rapid fire characters. Yeah, Bucky. Oof. Yeah, actually, very specifically. Yeah. It's the rest of turn. Is that what it is? Yeah, rest of this rest activation. Of activation. Oh, this. Oh, OK, so it's not like he could be doing it on. the I got your backs. Oh, my gosh, that'd be gross. Right. Ugh. Oh, and how about the Bobby? <laughs> uh, I think it's great. It's really cool. Uh, I think so. It doesn't have to specifically be a Wakandan. It does. Yeah. Oh, it does. Oh, so this is what. Yeah, I guess that's that's definitely the limiting factor, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, But another great card to see at what if events. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Seems like all those cards are in Wakanda. So. This might work really well if you have like a 
Tachunka like in front of him. And yeah. He just like goes past Black Panther because and something that I that I know a lot of people tend to forget and it doesn't make any sense. I don't know why it's in the game, but when you do a move towards, you can go past them. Yes. Mm. Leap so, Right. So what you could do is you could have a Black Panther set up and then you use this, you jump past them onto a point or whatever, obviously board state depending. And then Black Panther goes charging in on something. I love it. I kill on a usurp the throne. Yeah. Or yeah, even or, better or, actually. Or, right. Or, yeah. That's actually actually even better. So I, I think we're going to see and, and exactly what should happen when a new box with a new affiliation leader is released. The stock of existing characters in that affiliation goes to the roof. And this card mm-hmm, very absolutely. specifically does that in spades. And so you figure both most of Wakanda's fours. And yeah. then there's a three and a two. Well, and storm, whatever. That doesn't count. Uh, so you're going to be running thin on models. It's probably still going to be you playing Wakanda and you're going to be mostly having all Wakanda figures. So having that like versatility is probably going to be a big bonus. Well, and one thing that we might see now, right, is uh, with the rivals box out, we have four Wakandans. This would make six with storm is seven. With The rivals box will be nine. That's very close to being able to run fully affiliated as Wakanda, uh, which would be nice to see. Assuming Claws Wakanda, we don't have confirmed yet. Correct. I don't. Th- I really don't think he will be. Really? Well, it, it's, it's a toss-up because, like, Asgard includes the villains from mm-hmm. Asgard. Um, it includes Hela and Loki, who are actually Asgardian. Yeah, Malekith's but, not in it. Yeah, but the, that's what I said. Well, villains. Well, they're not um, from Asgard. They're from like, different planes in all of mi- in the whole cycle of things, right? But they're actually Asgardians, is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, but it's because Thor is the leader, right? We don't, and he doesn't like lead Enchantress and Scourge and Hela. In normally so like i can see them having a quote villain in the wakanda affiliation here because they're so closely associated chances are i think is he's probably more likely he's criminal syndicate and cabal and i'm not like in the kind of okay we're going on a bit of a path here but as far as i know as guardian villains they don't want to destroy asgard they mostly just want to control it so i imagine it's one of those situations where it's like if the actual city or the plane or whatever you want to call asgard the floating city in on in space if it gets attacked i assume enchantress would actually come out to be like oh hey i want to take this place over i don't want it to explode claws like i like money i like vibrating rock money A a lot of people like vibrating rock though let's be fair I'm not, I don't blame him. That's cool. Um, but uh, well, how about that last Tactus card, Dylan? Yeah. So the last one, Spirit of Wakanda. It is a Wakanda-affiliated card, active. A Wakanda character may spend two power to play this card. This character that played, or I'm sorry, the character that played this card may immediately use one of the following three effects. All other allied characters within range two get to heal two damage. All other allied characters within range two get to remove all special conditions and all other allied characters within range two of this character gain two power. It should be noted that this says all other characters so that if you pick that last one, you don't just immediately get like a refund. Right. If anybody was thinking about that. So I think all three of those are really good. This card is great. You are going to yeah. you are going to see this card all the time. This yes. card is so good. Well, I mean, the anti-stagger tech, or especially if you have someone that's being really just beaten down with judgment or stun or incinerate or hex, that's just really limiting what they can do. And the fact that it is not Wakandan characters exclusively that can be 
helped by it is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, I will say the only caveat on the heel, which seems really great at first, is similar to um, actually all of the effects on here. It's one character spending it will not benefit from any of the three things on there. Giving power, which is like a R and D on on vibranium, and as well as the the other ones, it's only affecting your other characters. So like unlike because uh, I with the heal one specifically, I think of the I am Groot tactics card that heals everybody. Uh, for two, mm-hmm. um, this one only other characters. So your mileage will vary, but what an incredibly versatile card that's pretty much always going to have a point to be useful. Yeah, I would say power. Yeah, I would. Yeah, right. That's which is nuts. I would say that the 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 chances of using this card on E's and C's is oh. going to be just it's going to be mind bogglingly amazing. Yep. Maybe don't bring it on a D or a B just because the ranges get a little weird. Mm-hmm. So will it always be used? It's not like Wakanda Forever where you'll just always see it, but you'll probably see it more often than not. Right. That's um, a good prediction. Yeah. I, so I like this a lot. And just obviously, I, I think we skipped over this a little bit, but Jabari Chieftain with Supersonic Annihilator as well. Assuming, once again, that Claws in Wakanda turning into an A5-8 strength attack. Uh, seems dope. Seems dope. But... All right, we have a handful of Tactus cards left. Uh, one thing that we always ask, right, with uh, character releases is outside of Avengers, where do you think these characters particularly fit? Um, let's go Claw first. I think it's Brotherhood's pretty obvious, and we might even yeah. have to start adding Brotherhood to that Avengers list of like, yeah, they're going to be good in that too. Um, but is there any other Art? place that you see him really excelling? Claw specifically? Yeah. Criminal Syndicate. Well, he's he's an affiliated leader for Criminal Syndicate. I just. I mean, do you throw him in with Guardians to have a lot more energy, uh, especially against Mbaku's? Got it. Understood. All right. How about Mbaku? Where are you throwing mm-hmm. him at? Mbaku, I could see splash into darn near anything. That's how good he is. Yeah, yeah. I think he is pretty versatile. I would say, in my opinion, uh, I might put him in Midnight Suns to get him that little extra like movement bump in order for him to like start going Ooh. off. Just because it's a li- just so you can get that possible second attack and get pushes and pursuits and, and yet he, and such. He brings a lot of stuff at a cheaper threat for Midnight Suns as well that they lack sometimes in their threes and fours. Specifically, throws um, and resistances to to pushes and stuff. I, they have you know a Hulk or two in there, so. They certainly have access to it, but not at that cost and not at that size and um, power cost as well. So I, I think Midnight Suns is actually a great spot for him, especially for a real maneuverable, uh, potentially, if they're attacking Beat Stick. And I think you're spot on with that Midnight Hop uh, really mm. kind of complimenting him very well as well. I like him what? in um, Sam Wilson Adventures as well for the same yeah. reason. Oh, yeah. yeah. More what, other, what other affiliations tend to have difficulty actually like moving people? Dark Dimension. Yeah, well, he yeah, he'd probably do really well with Dormammu. Actually, mm-hmm. that's yeah, you're not wrong. That's actually that's a, yeah, that's actually a great spot. I yeah. guess that's actually another place you could even put uh, Claw, just because he's got that mm. the thirst. He's got the, the thirst for power. Yeah, he very much does. Um, Ebler in chat says X Men Gold. Give him a Storm Hop up. Yeah, that's a great. Yep. Yeah, great anytime you can save an action on him, even better. 
Yeah. So, and honestly, he's kind of like, a, I, he fits that beast role pretty well, especially if he ends up being on one of the bigger bases, as far as being able to storm hop, get up, get back, maybe even making attacks uh, to displace before moving back as well. I don't hate that at all. And a better throw yeah. and not granted, not an enemy character throw like beast has, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff there for sure. And cover really helps his already pretty decent survivability and kind of bulks yeah. up. Uh, on his physical attacks and stuff as well. I think that's a great call. Uh, I like him in Kingpin's uh, Criminal Syndicate as well with his uh, some resistance to being pushed off off or moved off of points. Um, And then just his ability to move other people off of points to double down on that, I think, fits them really well. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Um, so let's get into this last section here, which is going to be these new. Are these the three? Nope. Cosmic, Ghost, Cosmic, Rider Cosmic Ghost Rider. Cosmic Ghost Rider. Uh, so here's the thing that, you know, when you buy a box that only has one model in it uh, and it comes with three taxes cards and none of them are reprints, you're in a great spot. Like a really good spot. And I really like that with characters that exist in multiple affiliations, like Ghost Rider does, because he's a Guardian. He is Black Order. He is a Midnight Sun or something as well. Wasn't there something else on there? Defenders. Defenders. Um, I mean, Defenders certainly is not going to be mad at that. But some of these are really incredible. Uh, One is spot on and probably my favorite card uh, ever called Galaxy's Greatest. This is the Guardians of the Galaxy active. Up to four injured, injured allies guarding allied guardians of the galaxy characters may spend two power each to play this card. Characters that spent power this way gain a big dumb hero token. Characters with a big dumb hero token add one die to their attack and defense rolls. That is just a switch. It turns on, they have it. That is for the rest of the game. That's so rad. Winging it tokens obviously complement this card heavily. More mm-hmm. dice, more rerolls. So that way, when you roll your your five dice builder and you roll a skull, two hits, and a uh, a block, you're like, all right. Well, now I can at least reroll two things because now you rolled six dice. That also wasn't an attack success. So I I really like this. I love it a lot, and uh, it's not the most powerful thing in the world because you got to be not doing great to need it. Um, but if you're going up against a, an attrition list where you know your characters are going to be wiped off the field one by one. What a great gambit to double down on making sure that you're losing and being able to have a little bit more oomph in your fight back, especially that round two or three, right? Uh, probably round three, very specifically, where your guardians are getting wiped out. You're stocked full of power now, and you come with that clap back with Galaxy's Greatest to just really send it out. And this is not at activation. This is not during the power phase. This is just an active on any one of their turns. You can choose to, to turn the tides, which is. I really oh, like it a lot. Galaxy's greatest term with Deadly Duo. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. About six dice plasma rifles. All right. I don't want to ask. Five times. I don't want to ask, Dylan, but can you tell me about some time travel? Sure. Also, so, the Facebook responses to a lot of these cards coming out, it has been very difficult to not respond to people by being like, it's it's time travel. Don't ask if they're complaining about that particular card. <laughs> That's definitely the most interesting out of out of the three. I'm not going to lie, in my opinion. All right, so it's time travel. Don't ask. 
It's unaffiliated because we can't give defenders a card. Uh, reactive. <laughs> During the cleanup phase, after VPs have been scored, an allied cosmic ghost rider that is not contesting an objective token may spend five power to play this card. Cosmic Ghost Rider may advance medium towards an objective token that you are not securing. If you would now secure the objective, you immediately score one victory point. Then, if Cosmic Ghost Rider has a Psychosis token, he may remove it. Now, as a reminder for everyone who doesn't love Cosmic Ghost Rider as much as I do, you lose the ability to control objectives if you have the Psychosis tokens, which happens, I believe it's at five or six power, It's which is ironic because this card removes the power that would have given you Psychosis while also just immediately scoring you the objective, mm. which is pretty cool. And I all, and if I'm reading this correctly, if you now say, so you don't even have to control the objective. I think as long as you're just on it, you just score. Yeah. Cause it just says you have to secure it. It doesn't say you have to actually win it, mm-hmm. which is great. That's a, that's a super neat card. That's definitely a card I could see people using. Uh, the the wording on it too, very specific, right? It doesn't say not contesting. It says not securing. So you can have characters on that point and Ghost Rider could be the last little bit to get you there. But it is also after your enemy has potentially has, in fact, probably already gotten victory points for it. So you'll both be getting victory points for this. If I'm reading that correctly, right? Yes, I, I think that's the case. Yeah. Yeah, because VPs have already been scored. It doesn't say anything about taking away opponent's victory point, just adding yours. Cosmic well, Ghost Rider is well known for wanting to share. That's fair. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so the ability to potentially remove the psychosis token as well, I do like that it's a may. I almost expected it not to be. I almost expected you getting that victory point on a turn where you have the psychosis token and you aren't going to be able to contest, it would automatically extend it. But this is allowing you to extend it if you need to. Which I don't think the psychosis token has like a bonus, does it? It's only a downside. And if it has, I, there's, I mean, there 100% has to be something on there to make that be a. Oh, yeah. Why? The benefit is that it counts skulls and its attack, defense, and dodge rolls as successes. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So I could definitely see an argument as to why you may not want to get rid of it, depending well, on board state, of course. And you're, you're, you're scoring a point, right? So if you know you're one off and you use this, it is after uh, the victory points are already scored during the cleanup phase, but um, that means you can't use it to steal a victory out from under your opponent who has won, but it could confirm a victory that you are already shooting for, uh, which I think is a good way to do it. But, and then if you want to continue to be a cosmic murder hobo the following round with uh, skulls on defense and attacks, uh, full scent, full scent. All right, Dan, who do you serve? Uh, the Titan. Nice. The Mad Titan. So Servants of the Titan is the last card here that is Black Order. And uh, this confirms that Cosmic Ghost Rider will be in the Black Order because it's an active card during Cosmic Ghost Rider's activation. Any number of allied Black Order characters may spend one power to play this card. For each power spent to play this card, roll one die. For each crit, wild, or hit, or blank result in the result, Cosmic Ghost Rider deals one damage to an enemy character within three of him. For each skull and uh, block in the result, Cosmic Ghost Rider suffers one damage and gains one power. All right. So. This is gross. 
<laughs> I, I just need to reread it, wrap my head around it. I read it earlier today, and now I'm like, wait, what? So it's Helios, except it's just direct damage. So you can have Either the black enemy or him. Okay. So you just have whatever it is, 10, 15 die going into this to remove a Hulk, an immortal Hulk, or something right. along those lines. Well, you're not going to get that many dice out of it. Why not? Well, yeah, why not? Any number of Black Order characters may spend one power to play this oh, card. Oh, gotcha. Spent. Not at least one or anything this guy, like that. He was even just so, reading it. I could have been listening as he read right? it. Well, I, I had to, to read because I was like, wait, how are you going to get a ton of dice on this? I had to reread it myself. But So you're talking like, especially Black Order are expensive. You're talking three, four dice, maybe. Because yeah, Gorster is already six by himself, so probably two. Yeah, I mean, especially, I guess it is, there's no range on it, right? And with Corvus being an alternative leader that costs a taxes card slot, but gives you a little bit cheaper option, you certainly could get a handful uh, with uh, Supergiant and Proxima both being three, Ghost Rider being six, Corvus four. Yeah, you're probably getting three to five most of the time. Uh, Five being probably at the high end, probably rarely ever six. I forgot Uh, he could pay a power as well, so. Yeah. yeah, my estimates are kind of up one there. Well, I, so I think it's, it's really super cool. cool. It's not, I mean, we're talking about a bunch of power, but it's not an expensive card since everybody's only spending one. Mm-hmm. They're black order. They probably got it. Yeah. And it synergizes with your affiliation pretty well, right? With Thanos, if you're able to take someone down with this, then you're going to be Gopher McGopher's. Cosmic Ghost Rider chooses violence. Mm hmm. Oh, I love this card because it's probably going to do a damage. How often do I get enemy characters down to one damage left and then Servants the Titan? Bah, you're gone. Ah. That's actually now, I think, a great point. I think it's I think you can even split it up, right? It doesn't have to be on one character. Roll one die for what? each in the result. Two an yes. enemy character. You can split it up. Yeah, I think you can split it up. Looks that, like it. That is the way I'm reading it. Wow, that's cool. For, for each each success in the roll, you deal one damage to a character. It doesn't say it has to continually be on the same character or anything like that. That's oh yeah, because you can just spread out that nickel and dime damage. That's even better, I think. Right. Well, and that synthesizes so, really well with what you're saying earlier on those uh, tight uh, gammas and demons and things like that. We're gonna have a bunch of people yeah. in range to just kind of plink off, especially after a around where you were leaving people at just a little bit. And if I remember right, Ghost Rider is pretty fast, so I don't think he... Because Cosmic Wheels of Justice is himself, right? No, that's the one that shoots. There's a, He moves other characters. Can he move himself? I guess, can he chains of Sidorak himself? Push it towards, uh, no, towards himself, so it wouldn't yeah, go so, anywhere. Yeah. I guess I you thought he had another, like... Free move. Yeah, the interstellar hell cycle. Yeah, right. Yeah, he gets a place. There it is. Teleports. I, I knew he had a place. Okay, so you figure since he's a fast boy, you could definitely get yourself in a position to where you could really get this to go off. Right? Oh yeah, you you get to pick where it happens. I do like that it's yeah. locked to Black Order because I think that would be one of those cards that sneaks pretty heavily in places it shouldn't be. Where that were an unaffiliated card, uh, I think it fits the theme there. I think every one of these fits really nicely into yeah just that character as a whole. And I love that Guardians cards are always really on point narratively 
and mm-hmm. wild cardy and right. plucky attitudely. Uh, Keebler in chat asked, has anyone tried a team of heroes who score outside the cleanup? First off, I really like this. So this is Agent Widow, Spider-Woman, Punisher, Killmonger, and now Ghost Rider. Also, MODOK Scientist Supreme and the S.H.I.E.L.D. affiliation as a whole, which Agent Widow and Spider-Woman can both take part at. Um, I actually really like that uh, quite a bit, especially with the Usurp the Throne in there, I think is really nice. Uh, to just constantly be scoring out of affiliate or out of um, turn sequence, I think is fun, especially in a murdery list. Interrogate with Spider Woman and Agent Venom or Agent Widow with Killmonger, I think is nice, nice. But yeah, you'd be scoring four points off of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, crazy. Uh, one last thing I want to say about his uh, Cosmic Ghost Riders cards. I love how different they are from regular Ghost Riders cards. And they just give a completely different feel to the character. Yes. Um, And Ghost Rider is Frank Castle and not Ghost Rider. So he cannot. Yeah. He cannot respawn, right? Oh, uh, no, because he's cosmic. You're going with that. You can can cosmic squad, which is cool. Okay. Yeah, because the other card specifically says Ghost Rider. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah. I'm not even sure that one even specifically says Johnny Blaze. I think that one just actually says Ghost Rider. As his real name or on the Texas card? As his alias. On the tech on the text card. I'm double checking right now. Yes. Yeah, if go if Ghost Rider. Jonathan Blaze is on the OG Ghost Rider card. Yeah. The Tactics card specifically says Yeah. Oh gotcha. says, says Ghost Rider. Nice. Yeah. So but he's but the Pope Frank is cosmic. All right. Well, I like it. So- so overall, just to kind of end this out, uh, we are going to be streaming the Atlantic City Open the weekend of June 17th. So make sure to tune in for that. There are tickets still available for that. Make sure you get them with our link if you have not already. And then if you're not going to be making it to the Atlantic City Open, I would highly suggest heading to Salt City GT. This is in Syracuse, New York, the weekend of July 7th. Let's get that event to be Rad as heck. Keebler's going to be there. We're all going to be there. Uh, ben and Alyssa are going to be there. Brian is going to be TOing it. It should be an absolutely great time. So head over to saltcitygt.com. Pick up your tickets. They're going to start flying now. We've been talking to some people that are probably going to be buying some, uh, some groups of the tickets. So if you're in upstate New York, if you're in a place that's around there in Canada, head to saltcitygt.com and grab your tickets for that. Uh, I'm going to double check. I just tried to go to saltcitygt.com and it, it said it was not found. Um, oh, good, good point. So don't go to saltcitygt.com. Go to the saltcitygt.com. Ah, there we go. Okay. Um, and it's on Best Coast Pairings. Like I said, we're going to be streaming it. We're going to be there. We're going to be running the whole dang thing. So let's pump that one out. That would mean a lot to me if we could have a convention somewhere close to where we live that is uh, starting to grow for mcp be nice yeah but in addition to all that professionalcasual.com is a great place to find blogs about mcp written by our this this own dylan dyer uh, about how to paint without fear paint better be better make better goals and just be a better person progress not perfection in addition to that mm-hmm. dan has written a whole bunch of blogs as well uh, about wfrp fourth edition which is warhammer fantasy roleplay 
fourth edition, going over through each one of the classes. And don't think that that's like, oh, well, D&D has like eight classes. How many could there be? It's like 45 or something like that. 64. 64. So there's a well, lot. There's eight classes, but of all the each class have eight careers, which are. Have you ever wanted to be a rat catcher, a burglar, maybe a raconteur, maybe a wizard, <laughs> maybe a guard, maybe a merchant? Uh, can be a boat. You can be a, oh, can, a boatman. A bunch of boat careers. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So you could be a boat. This game could be anything, even a boatman. Mm. You know how much we've always wanted one of those. Uh, but and that plays in very well with a grim podcast of perilous adventure and settling the Southlands, two actual play RPGs that Dan runs here on the network. Settling the Southland is Patreon only at the ten dollar tier and up, but Gapapa is free for all. If you're considering stepping your toe in and seeing what Settling the Southlands is like, you can do so right on the YouTube. Same with the Lost Omens podcast and The Slithering. The Lost Omens podcast is a Pathfinder 2nd Edition actual play podcast that has myself, Dan Taylor, and is run by our own Dan Yell Cole. Uh, it's a great time, and Settling the Southlands is the Patreon-only exclusive um, version of that as well that I get to run. The Monday, Slithering. The Slithering. Mondays... Every other Monday, currently, Dylan has a podcast called Arachne, which is right here on the network as well. Dylan, why don't you let the fine people know what you've been talking about recently and what you're going to be talking about soon? Because I believe there's Wait. another episode this upcoming Monday. Yeah, sure is. I'm actually Ooh. just finishing the editing, hopefully today. Uh, we've been talking about events mostly. I had We have had one lore dive episode, so if you've ever been curious about the Infinity lore, it's it's a little elusive to get a hold of sometimes uh mostly because of the books the way they're constructed and all that and blah 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 but we yeah. talk about bakunin and the i guess you'd call it like the sisters of battle equivalent ish thing they're very different but when you first look at them you definitely see sisters of battle vibes out of it and we just we, and actually this next episode we are talking about how to run your own tournament not just infinity so if you've ever been curious oh. about running an event in general we go over some of the things that we've done and we may probably make fun of Dan or something. And then we go over like the things you should kind of keep in mind, like programs that you can use for like uh, not rankings, but you know, like uh, matching, like matching and then where, where you could potentially get like prize support and just some of the mentalities you should have if you want to run that kind of stuff. Nice. I really like that quite a bit. I like um, you a lot. So uh, nice. and infinity is a great place and we're just over there goofing off. So if you're curious, I will say I did. We just got back from Ironweld, uh, which is one of Wicked, Wicked Dicey's events where they kind of try out some additional formats um, that could potentially see the light of day in, in Everwinter, which is in December outside the Boston area. We're going to be at that as well. Um, so I, I think it was really cool. I stopped in at one point. I was trying to find Dr. D so I could say goodbye. And I heard his very unique laugh from like three halls away. Walked down to the Infinity Room. And I will say the vibe in the infinity section is always like real good, like real good. The terrain looks incredible. It's very vibrant. There's all sorts of neat things going on. And everyone just seemed like they were having a good time, which is super important. I will say, I think it was also the only event at Ironwall that had a lady in it. Nice. Which and she was she was good. She was really good. <laughs> she was she was bomb at the game, which is awesome. Hell yeah. Um, in addition to all that good stuff, guess what? There's a whole lot more. The Patreon at patreon.com slash professional casual has all sorts of additional shows, episodes a week early for most of our actual play podcasts, 
and video for all of those as well, as well as the entire chronology of Elite Eight Showdown, uh, some older shows like Oh, professionally asked, casually answered, and absolutely off the wall advice show we did, as well <laughs> as some of our older pop culture stuff, culture stuff as well. We also are very fortunate to have Joe Gennaro and Ron Haynes from the Comic Book Rundown, now a part of the network that comes out Fridays, where they talk about guess what comics and they run them down, including comic book movies, going all the way back to some of the first, the, yeah, those old Fantastic Four movies. Not the one you're Phantom? thinking of, not Rise of the Silver Surfer. Nope, the older ones, the ones the no one, one talks about. The, the one with the hand-drawn uh, Human Torch. Yes, yep. Uh, the old he would, and he goes through everything. So we're talking DC, we're talking Marvel, we're talking Image, everything, everything under the sun is in this man's purview, and he has done over six hundred episodes. You would be lying to yourself and me so stop it if you could not find an episode based off a property that you liked it is a lot of episodes and last reminder for the time being the link that is posted pinned in chat that's in the show notes is for a star wars shatterpoint core set giveaway that's going to be running through the month of june so head over there. You can get additional entries every day by just clicking a single link. It's dope. There's a bunch of ways to enter to it. Um, and it is going to be open worldwide now. So it was just going to be limited to the US. But now, listen, wherever you live, we'll figure out a way to get you a copy of Shatterpoint. So Whoa. if you were interested or maybe on the fence, didn't want to dive into another game right now because you're so, so, so into MCP and Infinity, then uh, this might be a great way to get into it. Next month as well, potentially even sooner, we might be able to get the contest up before the first one ends, but we'll also be giving out that Padawan Ahsoka. The early release Ahsoka will be July's giveaway for Shatterpoint. Guys, thank you so much. As always, professionalcasual.com, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, check out all the other great shows here at the Professional Casual Network. Like what, Danny? I'll tell you. On Mondays, we've got the Lost Omens podcast, our Pathfinder 2E actual play, hosted by me, playing through the Extinction Curse AP. Also, streaming on twitch.tv slash professional casual network at 7 p.m. Eastern time, you can check out, oh yeah, the power phase, our Marvel Crisis Protocol live battle report show. On Tuesdays, the podcast version of, wait, did I roll a wild? Our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog is available. On Wednesdays, alternating releases on the Patreon, we have Settling the Southlands, our homebrew Wolfwarp actual play, and The Slithering, a Pathfinder second edition actual play. And on Thursdays, live at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on twitch.tv slash professional casual network, we've got, wait, did I roll a wild, our Marvel Crisis Protocol povlog. You can also check out back episodes of Elite Eight Showdown and the first 39 episodes of the Lost Omens podcast, the first 24 episodes of Settling the Southlands, and the first handful of episodes of The Slithering on the YouTube at youtube.com slash the professional casual.